Listener Production. I acknowledge the lands and the waters of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respect to their ancestors past and elders present. I acknowledge that the First Nations across the continent have never ceded sovereignty and that the First Nations are the first lawmakers. Welcome, this is Black Matters, a podcast that is about First Nations matters and why they matter. I'm Taylor Reid, First Nations advocate, senior lawyer and proud Wiradjuri and Wailwan woman. I'm joined by my long-term friend, MC, from the Hit Radio Network. Now, on the podcast this week, we want to, I guess, dip our toes in the water, something that that we have spoken about on this podcast uh, in episodes before, which you can go back and check out, the entire back catalogue. It's all there. But I think it's it's worth us bringing it up uh, again on the podcast this week, after the referendum, of course, a couple of weeks ago. It's a term that's been mentioned a lot and it has been suggested that this term, this concept is now dead in this country. Reconciliation. It's something that's been going on for the past 30 years with the Royal Commission into the Aboriginal Deaths in Custody in 1991. I think, though, in the past 10 years, it's really gained momentum in awareness. It's a term that, that, you know, gets used a lot more Non-Indigenous people seem to be on board with the thought of it and, and making it happen and kumbaya. But I, you have said this yourself, Teela, on multiple occasions. Reconciliation is dead. Yes. Look, with the reconciliation era, in my opinion, it is dead. And look, we've had lots of iterations of eras in Indigenous affairs in this country. We've had the assimilation era. We've had the protectionist era. We've had reconciliation for an entire generation. What, basically, as old as you and I are. Mm. I just think we're really shifting into a new territory with the state of our country and reconciliation at the heart of it is supposed to be about strengthening relationships between Indigenous peoples and the people of a, of a country, so non-Indigenous Australians. And it's been such a huge year in Indigenous affairs. And thinking about the day after waking up post-referendum, particularly with young, young Black kids, it's like it was such a different sense of preparing them for the world which is like, okay, relationships are different now in this country. Uh, After being rejected at a referendum and the level and heightened racism that people have felt and been feeling, I think that really came to a culmination this year and that we can no longer lean on this concept of reconciliation to go, okay, it's all good in the hood. No, it ain't good in the hood. It wouldn't be an episode of Black Matters without me asking a seemingly stupid question. So I'm going to ask this week's seemingly stupid question. What does or what did this concept of reconciliation actually mean? Was it a buzzword that just was that came out of a marketing meeting through government? 
was it something that ever meant anything or was it just something for non-Indigenous people to go, yay, reconciliation, we feel good about the nation, everything's great? So it does have a framework. It does have a policy framework behind it, this iteration kind of post the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody, the establishment of wanting to set up Reconciliation Australia to pursue better relationships in this country. It, it does have a framework of pillars. And according to Reconciliation Australia, it's that the vision of reconciliation is based and measured on five dimensions. One, historical acceptance. Two, race relations. Three, equality and equity. Four, institutional integrity. And five, unity. That is the framework of this pursuit. Now, I know that, that you know, and podcasting is an, is an audio medium, but as you were reading those <laughs> you're pillars you're... out, I was wincing. You were. If, if, you could, if you could put a sound to the face I was making, it was probably... Splattered over... Because the studio. Uh, would you agree that in the whole time since this reconciliation project has been happening, have any of those pillars been met at all? Look, I know Reconciliation Australia have released reports and it's better, I think, to turn our listeners to that trail of records. But look, the number one, number one was historical acceptance. I know it's not funny and I know I shouldn't be But we are literally at this point in this country. (laughs) We are here. Look. We had a golden opportunity to give this first point a big old tick and we couldn't nail that. Mm. And this is great to have this chat because it allows, I think, For someone like me, now I'm not the only person that has said it's now over, that era is dead, goodbye, reconciliation. But it does allow us to put it into perspective and have the chat and be very real and honest because we will see for the next, you know, few political cycles, politicians demand reconciliation is not over. It's going to continue, but there is something fundamentally that is supposed to underpin this pursuit of reconciliation and that that is doing things in good faith. Mm. And let's not for a second suggest that, that there aren't a lot of people at Reconciliation Australia and people on every level that have been out there genuinely trying to drive change under the banner of reconciliation. Absolutely. I accept that. I totally agree that there are certainly individuals that are absolutely doing the work doing the work. What I want to start to turn people's minds to is this framework. There is no longer a workable relationship for the pursuit of reconciliation in good faith between First Nations peoples and Australia in this country. It is dead. The complete and outright rejection of our voices and the recognition, I know we keep coming back to this, but you can't pursue this abstract concept notion of reconciliation um, without the understanding that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples had pursued it in good faith Mm. and 
it was advocated for in good faith. And while there might have even been dissenting voices in our own communities, those people have the right to have a diverse view on our issues that affect us. So that aside, the rejection of Australians who as a nation voted no to that good faith pursuit to hear our voices. It's not over because black people like me say reconciliation is dead or other leading advocates say it's dead. No, it's over because the nation rejected it. Mm -hmm. Let's get that fact on the record. Mm -hmm. That is why. So don't keep tangling us up in this awful kind of context now that we will see play out in Australia, which is... We rejected your voices, but, you know, we're still going to, like, give you the breadcrumbs. Yeah, we're still all about... Rec- what? Give us pillar one again. Just give us pillar one from that framework of what reconciliation was set out to achieve. Vision of reconciliation is based and measured on five dimensions. Pillar one, historical acceptance. I used a ding sound effect earlier. I just want to... So if this framework for reconciliation is kaput, where are we now? What takes its place? Because it's not like we shut up shop and go, I mean, sure, there might be people going, oh, well, great, we can all move on with our lives. But that's that's not the reality that we live in. Mm. It doesn't mean the fight stops. It doesn't mean the pursuit of truth and a better Australia stops. What takes reconciliation's place? That's a great point. That's a really great point because I think that where we're at is certainly the the crossroads, yeah, and the transition into this next phase. People like you and I who obviously want better for our nation, it's not just about saying reconciliation is dead, goodbye. No, that's not what we mean. I think that we are definitely, and I've written about this two, three years ago, is this concept of reckoning, which is more about critically thinking about the white privilege and systemic power and privilege and the way in which our institutions themselves are set up that disproportionately impact on the lives of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, really, I guess, unraveling the truth, but also continuing our pursuit of justice. In our pursuit of justice, reconciliation might have been one step in that, but Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, no matter what era we were forced under, have always pursued justice on our country, on our lands, on our terms. Reckoning is obviously a far harsher word than reconciliation. If Australia were... I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. If Australia... That's a white definition. Let me finish. If Australia couldn't get on board with reconciliation, which is far more calmer and peaceful, does Australia have the ability to deal with a reckoning? Because a reckoning isn't about group hugs and, oh, there, there, pats on the back. Reckoning is about facing the cold, hard truth of where we've been and what's happened. So that's what I mean by it's a far harsher word. It's more abrupt. You're forced to pay attention to a reckoning. Can Australia do it? I think that it will be led at more of a grassroots mobilising community level of 
working and walking with the upswell of people who have stood for change, stood for the, on the right side of justice, I don't want to speak on behalf of Australians, but I think for so long now in Indigenous affairs or in this country, we have had to speak a certain way, do things a certain way, be on, you know, in respond to the terms that other people have set out for us on our land. And that has meant an entire generation of leadership have brought into this notion of reconciling and trying to pursue that. And people have said to me, Tila, I think it's still important to pursue. And I've been, well, I actually just don't think it is. It doesn't mean that there isn't work to be done in companies, in businesses, or, you know, where there's already kind of wrap plans or whatever. But my view is this, in dealing with or trying to pursue something like this huge concept of the recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here, what actually reconciliation did, what reconciliation, the framework of it forced us to do was ignore the reality of racism we were enduring. What I think needs to happen is a shifting from that into more of a reckoning around, let's be real and honest about the lived experiences of racism we are suffering. Let's be honest with strategizing and building solutions in this space. Let's not try and turn a blind eye to the truth of what we see on our TV screens with grown men being brought to their knees by children yelling racial slurs. And that we cannot for any longer, I think, pursue the concept of reconciliation without shifting to the reckoning that this nation has to have with racism. Let's not smooth over problems, let's address them. And that is the only way we can move forward. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we had gotten to the height of reconciliation, and I think this year was the height of it, in trying to, I think, advocate for a nation of unity And I think in many ways, Australia is a good nation, but people don't live our lived reality every day being Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and what that feels and looks like on a day-to-day basis, living with the state of this country. And we've mentioned it on this podcast before. If you want to look at the referendum result from a different lens, sure, the majority said, no, we don't want to give First Nations people that recognition. There was 40% of Australians that said we're on board and it Mm. feels like that undercurrent is only getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And while the concept of reconciliation may be dead, the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of better outcomes for First Nations people and the pursuit of a better Australia, that ain't stopping and it's not going to stop and that fight will always be here and there will be people that continue to fight that fight. I I 100% agree with that. And there is people doing really incredible work. I hope people turn their minds now, though, to um, understanding what many, even non-Indigenous people, I feel, witnessed, which was the racism, whether that was social media, in real life. Mainstream media, let's be honest. Mainstream media, exactly. It is there and we can't continue to ignore it anymore. And so I hope in this space that we are now entering in and, and this will have this will require the next generation to strategize and think about what next in this notion of reckoning, which has to be built on a 
better understanding about how race is a white structure in colonial projects. Like Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are not a race. That is a structure that was defined by whiteness to build a hierarchy. So for example, the Australian constitution has a race power in it. That was basically not just about as well Aboriginal and Torres Strait people, that was about oppressing Chinese people and people as defined by the colony of a particular race. And we're definitely at the point in this country now where I feel like we have to be mature enough to have adult conversations about Yes, on the one hand, we are all humans and we are all equal, but that is not how our institutions were set up to only serve a particular class of people. The, people, a long... that, the people that say we're all equal are generally the people that are sitting on top of the food chain, let's be honest. Exactly. Exactly. If you want to hear more about reconciliation, it's a topic that we have covered in previous episodes. You can go check out the back catalogue and listen to the episode why it's time for reckoning instead of reconciliation. Now, we like to finish every episode with a First Nations word because we believe at Black Matters that language matters. Teela, this week, what's our word? What are we thinking? We have a word in Wiradjuri that is... Murrungbang. And Murrungbang means justice. Murrungbang. Justice. I mean, I, I believe so much of our life will always be in pursuit of, of Murrungbang, of justice. So I think that's the word of the week. As always, thank you so much for joining us here at Black Matters. And Teela, I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> 